welcome back to another episode of Bloom Theory Podcast, your new favorite podcast to listen to on your hot girl walk, your commute to school, your commute to work. Well, I guess not school. I think everybody's basically out of school now, almost. I don't know. Hi. Hello. I hope you guys are doing all well. I feel like it has... Wait, was that... Was I hope you are doing all well. Was that my dyslexia coming out again? I hope you are all doing well. Yes, that's that's what I meant to say. Sometimes my mind is extremely dyslexic, so I apologize for that. But I feel like this week felt like such a long time, and I guess I did record my last episode, I think, a week ahead. So really, right now, it's been about two weeks since I recorded an episode because I really told myself that I would record ahead like a week ahead every time and last week and this past week I just could not get myself to sit down and record a podcast I've had a lot going on and yeah it was just a lot to sit down and do this but tonight just felt it just felt right I don't know I feel like I do better when I am sitting down at night recording the podcast I feel like sometimes that's when I have my you know, late night thoughts, innermost thoughts, but at the same time, I'm a little bit more low energy, so then if I wait too long, then I'm too tired to do it, so there's just this fine line between when I can record a podcast, and then of course, I work a nine to five, basically, so it's a little bit difficult to record in the morning. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't like feeling rushed when I record these, so I normally end up doing it at night. But anyway, I thought that it was funny because my last episode I was saying how my week was just uneventful and I guess I just spoke a little bit too soon because uh, this past week was pretty busy and I had... I don't even, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a little minor scare, I guess you could call it. Um, so let me just get into the review for this week. I don't want to spend too long talking about myself and (laughs) doing this intro, but I do think it's really fun because I have a lot of friends that listen to this podcast, so it's kind of like getting them up to speed as well. So hello friends, welcome. Uh, last week was an eventful week because not only was I continuing packing, but on Wednesday, I think, I had the day off because I was going to my sister-in-law, which is really weird to say, <laughs> but my new sister, Mara, who is my husband's younger sister, she is graduating or graduated high school, and so that was a super exciting thing, and we weren't sure if we could go at first, and As I've said before, Joey is in, like, the police academy, so they're super strict about who, or when they take off and when they go home and if they have their phones and everything like that, so it's really, really difficult to, one, stay in touch and two, to even allow him to take off. So anyway, um, I doubted that he could make his own sister's graduation, which really sucked, But then his sister actually asked me for the academy's number and I said, I don't really know. So I Googled it and I kind of found it somewhere and then I sent it to her and I was like, good luck, just, you know, (laughs) put on your best show and 
maybe shed a few tears on the phone. And somehow this girl got him off for the day to make her graduation. But they only gave him enough time to basically leave, get to the graduation, watch it, and then go home. Like, he literally got there, like, got back on the dot that they asked him to be there. Like, they said be home by 8 p.m. He was literally there at 8 o'clock. Exactly, which is really crazy. But it kind of sucks still because like we watched the graduation but we only saw her for about 30 seconds after the graduation and so it was just a bit hectic that day but also I don't want to briefly go over that actually like congratulations Amara that is such a big deal and I remember when I graduated high school it's just such a relieving and scary but exciting feeling to graduate high school like you have so much ahead of you and you're finally done. So congrats to everyone who graduated college, graduated high school. That's just such an amazing point in your life because you really are starting a whole new journey on a whole new chapter in your life. So if anyone is listening to this and you recently graduated, congrats if you're going to graduate. It's such a big deal and just prepare yourself for kind of an emotional roller coaster. But it's a really good thing. You know, it's a huge accomplishment. And yeah, I just wanted to say that before I move on. But um, congrats to Mara. I think she's going to do really great things. Before the graduation, I decided to schedule a doctor's appointment because I need to get a lot of like the antibody blood tests done before I start grad school. So if anyone knows, going into any sort of school of medicine or grad school, they require you to take antibody tests and be up to date on your vaccinations so basically that's what i wanted to do on wednesday before heading over to see mara's graduation and it was funny because i kind of was faced with the decision because i got a text from my dentist because i'm on the waiting list and they were like oh we have an opening at 8 a.m and that was about when i was going to go to the doctors and it's a walk-in for blood work so i had the option of either going to the dentist which i needed to do but i also need to do this blood work more importantly and so I decided to go get my blood work and be a big girl go by myself I just want to preface this with I have passed out before getting my blood drawn but the last time I got my blood drawn I did not pass out so I was feeling like a boss lady scheduling my appointments going to the doctors I had already gotten my blood work done in February and I didn't pass out So I was like, I'm going to be a big girl. I'm going to go get my blood work done, get things done, you know, get some stuff done before Joey gets here and we go to the graduation. And so I'm sitting there waiting and I actually texted my friend Brandon and I was joking and I was like, oh, I am getting my blood work done right now or like I'm going to. So if I pass out, I'll let you know. I'll like I'll text you afterwards and let you know because Right now, I wasn't really texting anyone, so I was like, maybe I should text someone that I'm getting blood work done just in case, you know, anything happens. Sometimes it's good to, you know, let people know what's going on. Anyway, I passed out literally 10 minutes after I texted him that because they drew my blood and I wasn't in the reclining chair. I was in a regular chair, and I'm guessing that's what made the difference, but... I was being a big girl and I was just sitting there and I was watching them draw my blood, but it was really the readjustment, it was the readjustment of the needle for me. 
I think that did me in because I was doing fine and normally I have some big, I mean, I have some big veins. Like if you're a phlebotomist, you know, like good veins. I got some good veins. I'm telling you, you could stick a McDonald's straw in my veins. And this time for some reason, the lady was struggling and I've never had someone struggle to draw my blood before. I mean, I've only gotten my blood drawn like two or three times. But they've never had a problem drawing the blood before. And this was the first time they had a problem. So maybe I was just dehydrated or something. And so she was kind of adjusting the needle. And I think feeling her wiggle the needle around might have been what made me pass out. But I've passed out before. So I tried to be calm about it. And I was like, hey, I'm going to pass out. And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, I'm going to pass out. And she's like, you're going to faint? And by that point, I was out. So... As I was coming to, I don't know how long I was out, but as I was coming to, it's really weird because you're blacked out, but you can still hear them talking. So I hear them talking about me and trying to make me wake up before I was fully awake, like it was still black. Anyway, I just hate passing out. I just, I just needed to like share that story with you guys because it's just, I felt embarrassed. I felt, I hate not feeling in control and passing out obviously you are not in control at all of your body and so as I came to they put me in the recliner chair they're like you should have told us and I was like I know I should have known and they were like somebody get her some crackers somebody get her some OJ and let me tell you I don't know what it is about OJ after you pass out or after getting your blood drawn but honestly I took two sips I was like a brand new girl I was a brand new girl after two sips of OJ so shout out to the phlebotomists at my doctor's office they were amazing like i had three girls around me i was feeling so good and my doctor came over and she's amazing she was a little bit more concerned because i did have like extremely low blood pressure after i fainted and it was kind of low for a little while so she asked me to schedule a follow-up appointment with her other than that i think that it was just a situational response like I've passed out before and it's normally triggered by something so I'm hoping and thinking that's what it is but again my anxiety (laughs) is telling me maybe it isn't so I definitely scheduled a follow-up appointment for this week so we'll see how that goes I'm sure I'm fine but that was just a little hiccup in my week that just kind of scared me and is a little embarrassing so I of course you know did what any gen z millennial would do and i posted it on my instagram story okay let me say also what my caption was i said when you try to be a grown adult and schedule your own appointments and go get your blood drawn and then i put in fine print but you actually pass out getting your blood drawn and you have to call your mom to pick you up (laughs) which is what happened um shout out to my mom she's amazing and my dad they picked me up and drove me home the amount of people that responded and they were just so nice about it. They're like, don't worry, it's not just you. You're not the only one that this happens to. And like, don't stress about it. And a lot of people have the same thing as me. And also, I'm basically a worry ward. Like, I will WebMD every single little thing that's wrong with me. And that made me feel a little bit better because everyone was saying that this has happened to them. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people. And Sully, if you listen to my last episode, Sully is the one that she actually does phlebotomy. She draws blood all the time. 
and she even said that she passes out <laughs> like she's passed out before getting her blood drawn so I felt a little bit better about passing out and a little bit less embarrassed about it but you know when it happens it's a little bit scary but anyway that was the <laughs> highlights of my week uh also I went to get brunch with my friend Amy who was also on the podcast <laughs> as you can see I'm trying to get all my friends on this podcast um on Sunday we had a quick little brunch to a new breakfast place that we haven't gone to called homemade in Baltimore and then we went to a coffee shop which is next door I'm blanking on the name of it right now but they had really good matcha but anyway, I am going to get on with the topic of today's podcast. That was an extremely long intro, but I'm sorry, I just had to. I pretty much have, everyone knows about it, but I just need to talk about it again because <laughs> I'm like that when a situation happens, my life isn't that exciting. So then when something happens, I have to tell everyone, including the podcast. So back to the topic of today. We're going to be talking about some tips that I've learned uh, going on interviews, what helps me feel more confident on interviews, and actually my last tip, I think I'm going to probably state it last on the end of my list, is just what has kind of changed the game for me and what has made me feel more confident in how well I do on an interview, and that'll make more sense as I go into it. So before I start off with the tips, please rate this review. <laughs> what am I saying? This is why I shouldn't record late at night. Please rate this podcast five stars if you can and review on Apple Podcasts. I don't believe, I don't know if anywhere else you can rate and review, but I know Apple Podcasts you can review and that would really help my podcast if you can do that. And so with that, let's get on with the tips. All right, so my first tip is actually going to be to definitely join LinkedIn. This seems like a no-brainer, but I think in recent years, LinkedIn has changed a little bit, and um, maybe I'm just a little bit late to the game, but now on LinkedIn, you can kind of become, I guess they're kind of leaning towards the whole influencer thing, which... I don't know how I feel about it to be honest because it's starting to seem a little bit like Instagram and people are posting pictures with these long captions and it's not as professional in a way I guess but you know then again what does professional really mean nowadays so definitely join LinkedIn I'm on LinkedIn under my full name if you guys want to follow or connect with me um, if you want to connect with me definitely send me try to shoot me a message and let me know you're from the podcast uh but it's a really good way to connect with other people and you see who knows who and it can really help you form some connections especially if you're looking into a company and you don't want to contact the actual person interviewing you but you might want to contact another person in your position this might be a good way to contact another person and get a feel for the company and also get a feel for who's interviewing you and kind of the general feeling of whatever lab, for example, in my case, whatever lab it is or the team you're going to be with, you can kind of get a better idea, obviously, after creeping on people. The one thing about LinkedIn, though, is that if they have the LinkedIn Plus, wait, is that what it's called? LinkedIn membership. Um, 
I think they can see that you creep on them, but I always tell other people that it's not really that bad if they see that you're creeping on them because especially if someone is interviewing you and they see that you looked at their LinkedIn, it's not really that surprising, at least for me, I don't think it is because you should be looking into the person interviewing you and you should be looking into the company. So if they see that you are looking into their LinkedIn profile, I don't think it should be that surprising or I guess embarrassing if you find out that they are LinkedIn members and they pay for the membership and they see that you creeped on them, no shame. You're just doing your job. The second tip that I want to mention is just to do your research. Again, this might seem obvious, but definitely be in depth with this. Do research on the company, the job title, and the interviewers. You can do this by looking on LinkedIn, you can look on Indeed, you could look on, I guess, maybe other jobs that have similar job titles. So for example, if you wanna look um, into the company, you can actually go on Indeed and see company reviews. For the job title, you can actually look at the tags, I believe Indeed has tags underneath most job titles. Uh, if not Indeed, I think maybe Glassdoor, but you can actually look at the tags underneath the job title and under that it might even have certain requirements that they want in a uh, candidate for their interview and so you can actually look up those things that they tag in case, for example, you are in a, a freshly graduated student and you see that they have certain scientific protocols that they expect you to know. If you look in the job title and the tags beneath the job description, sometimes that can actually tip you off on what they expect you to know and sometimes they do ask you about that in the interview and so that might help you get a little bit more prepared on what they ex expect out of the job title because sometimes just the job description really doesn't tell you what the job is. I can see so many job descriptions with paragraphs of what the job is and then find out after doing the interview that it really told me absolutely nothing about the job title. I've noticed this a lot with scientific jobs. I'm not sure about other industries, but for me, I've noticed that a lot of research titles, it can be extremely vague and extremely general. And in my opinion, unless you are a government job where you literally cannot say what the job description is going to be until you're in the interview, I don't really see why companies do this. But again, it might just help to look at other jobs that have the same title and you can see their descriptions as well. And then also at the tags underneath the job title. And again, creeping on interviewers on LinkedIn I had someone interview me that was actually on Forbes. I think she was one of the uh, women 30 under 30, uh, something like that. And she had a couple articles. I read up on her and it really helped me on the interview because I did mention a few things that she mentioned were important to her in that interview and in that article that she wrote. And so it kind of helped us connect a little bit better and she definitely proceeded on to another interview with me for that job position. So if you can ever do that, it is definitely a big plus. All right, the next tip that I suggest is 
look up both general and specific questions for the job that you are interviewing for and write out your answers before you even look at the suggested responses. So you might have seen these on Indeed. They have, you can actually look up questions. So they have questions for lab tech. They have question for research assistant. Certain things are pretty general because obviously, you know, for example, computer scientists, you could be doing a lot of different types of things. And then for lab tech, you could be doing tons of different types of research. But this gives you a really good general idea of interview questions that are specifically tailored a little bit more towards that job description versus just the typical, you know, interview questions. So what I would do, I would look up the general interview questions, you know, the typical, why do you think we should hire you? Do you um, understand what your job responsibilities are? You know, basically just asking you about the job and if you've looked up anything about the job, general things like that. And then also specific questions. So for example, in a lab tech job, they might ask you, do you know PCR? Have you ever run electrophoresis or explain electrophoresis gels and how you would load a gel? So what I would do, I would actually have a Word doc and I wrote out all of my answers before I even looked at the suggested responses. And then I looked at the suggested responses that Indeed or whatever website you're using has. And you can kind of tailor your responses to be similar to that. It's really important to distinguish your responses with various questions. So for example, if you have two questions that sound very similar come up in an interview, you need to make sure that you have responses tailored for both of those questions. So I know this is kind of confusing and hard to do when you don't know what they're going to ask you, but if you do have an example of a response to a question, I would come up with at least two or three examples of responses to that question so that in case you get a question that is very similar, you can take another response that you have for that question and you can change it just slightly enough to answer the second question that seems very similar rather than you freezing and feeling like, oh crap, I just answered this question. I'm not really sure how I want to answer this because it sounds just like the other question. So what you can do is just have them rephrase the question and give your other response or other example that you have um, you know, memorized or prepared for that second question. And so that's basically another tip that I have is just make sure you have at least two or three examples of your questions because most likely there is going to be a question where they don't just say what is your greatest strength or what is your greatest weakness. They might even say what are your top three strengths and what are your top three weaknesses and give an example of each. So I suggest that for most of your responses, have an actual situation and example, real life example to back that up. So for all of my interviews, I noticed that they would follow up each question with, can you show us or can you explain to us an example where that happened or an example where you actually implemented that, that, you know, whatever I just explained. For example, one time they said, uh, when have you had a problem or a situation ri arise with a coworker? I think it was, and I haven't really had a serious issue with a coworker before. Luckily, I've had amazing coworkers. So 
up till that interview, I hadn't had any issues. And so I explained one small problem, I think, that I had with another coworker, with which wasn't even really an issue, but it was just an example of where we disagreed. And, you know, I said how I raised it to them privately, and then if it would have escalated, I would have raised it to the superior. So you can do something like that as well. If you don't have an example specifically to say, don't, don't try to lie just try to be honest and say what you would do in the case that it did happen all right and the second to last tip that I have for you guys is to just make sure you practice so much and this is one of the things that I I hate doing because I almost feel stupid just talking to myself (laughs) like I am now uh talking to myself you know in my room but that's what I have been doing for interviews is just talking to myself memorizing not to a t you know obviously just generally memorizing the examples and the responses that i have to most of the questions because for the most part if you go over both general and some job specific questions as well as your job you know specialty if you are a science major or if you are a science a stem person make sure you hone in on whatever it is that your job responsibility is going to be. I feel like that's obvious, but, you know, make sure you review that sort of stuff. Don't forget to do that, too. But um, just practice and practice having a confident voice as well. So what helps to do this is sometimes to record yourself and listen to yourself. I hate doing this, even though I have a podcast right now. But when I actually have to speak to a person or when I have to actually read something out, it just, or memorize something, it just does not sound confident. So the more you say it and the more it becomes natural to you, where you have the general idea memorized, but not word for word, it sounds like it flows better. And because of that, you sound a lot more confident. So at least practice for the confidence, if anything. And so my very last tip for you guys, which changed the game for me, is just a little bit of a psychological metacognitive strategy here. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not a psychology person, but this is something that I did learn in my Psych 101 class, and I kind of apply it to exams and also to my interviews. And so what I do is I rank myself after each interview. This has helped me tremendously by looking back at what I can change or what I could have been or what could have been a weak point in my interview. And although this does require a few interviews, it definitely helps you even starting from the first one. In psychology class, my professor would ask us to say how well prepared we feel like we are for the exam. And then after the taking, after taking the exam, we say how we feel we did. So you could say, I'm, I feel very prepared. I feel like I could get an A on this exam. And then you take the exam and you get a B or you get a C. And metacognition is learning about learning. Doing this can help you learn about what is working for you and what isn't working for you. So if you get a C after you think you were going to get an A, obviously something in your study habits or something in your learning isn't quite right and isn't quite preparing you well that exam. So I learned this a long time ago in Psych 101 and I thought that I would apply this to my interviews. So what I would do is I obviously would only 
prepare myself the best for each interview. Sometimes I would feel a little bit, you know, iffy. I feel like everyone feels anxious, but, you know, different, it's a little bit different from an exam where you can feel completely not confident about solving a certain problem or memorizing a certain chapter of something. But for an interview, you can kind of get an idea of, okay, I feel ready because there's not really anything you need to memorize other than a few key points about yourself and maybe about your research or your interpersonal skills, which you should probably already have pretty much memorized. And so a big thing about that is your confidence and how you respond to the questions. Before my interviews, I would rank myself a little bit just mentally how I feel about it. And then after the interview, I would rank myself out of 10, how well I thought I did, and then how much I liked the job. And I would try to do this within maybe 10 minutes of doing the interview because I don't want to forget anything about how much I liked, you know, how well I think I did on the interview. Because sometimes looking back on an interview, I don't know about you, but I blank out. And sometimes when I'm nervous, I'm like, I don't even remember what I said. I don't remember how it went. <laughs> you know, going back on it, people are like, how did you do on the interview? And I was like, I, I don't even know. But this way you can remember exactly how you felt immediately after the interview, your first impressions, and then you can jot down a few notes on, oh, I stumbled when I said this, or when I said this, they had kind of a weird reaction. Maybe they, maybe they don't like the way I say I'm a micromanager, you know. So whatever it may be, you can write it immediately down. And normally this does help with at least a few interviews, it can definitely help you starting from the first interview because you can immediately see when you're preparing for your second one some things that you can maybe work on and then come your second interview, you can build on that and say, okay, I can correct this, I feel this way about the first one or I felt this way about the first one immediately after, let's go into this second interview a little bit more prepared. And I think a lot of this is confidence for me. I think a lot of interviews is confidence because when you're not as confident and you're anxious and you're nervous, you forget the most general things about yourself. Like, they could ask me the most stupid thing about myself, like, oh, is your hair brown? And I'd be like, uh, I don't know <laughs> because I'm just nervous. So I think that this metacognitive strategy helps you feel more confident and Immediately after the interview, you could be like, yeah, I did great, and no, I, or no, I did not get, do well, because I have been on interviews, and I've actually started doing this uh, probably for the past couple years doing interviews, and I have been on some really bad interviews, and I've been on some really great interviews. I've been on an interview where they told me basically that I'm not getting the scholarship, which is what I was interviewing for, and I was just, I was sick, like, I had a concussion, like, two days before, I got a concussion two days before, it was just kind of a rough weekend, and then I went into this interview unprepared, I felt, you know, okay about it, I was like, okay, I think I'm prepared, and then I went and I bombed it, and I did terrible, they basically were like, you know, there's other scholarships you can apply for, it was just not a good, it was not a good interview. And so that kind of had me thinking, why did I feel prepared for this? And I actually was not prepared. I didn't have the right mindset going into it, even though I felt prepared. 
I bombed this interview. And so this strategy helps you change how you prepare for things and therefore it helps your confidence because you can think, okay, I know I can do this well, let me just work on this a little bit. And it also helps you kind of read people a little bit more because after you say how well you do on the interview, you're also looking at how well you liked the job. And I've kind of gotten to the point where after I get on the interview, I can basically immediately be like, I would want this job or I would not want this job. And then also read the other people and see if they thought I did well or if I didn't do well. And obviously this isn't perfect, but it does help you after you're kind of practicing after your interview how well you do. You can kind of start to immediately know, okay, I did really well on that. Or, eh, that was okay. I didn't go into it as prepared as I should have. All right, so I hope that helped you guys. Uh, I hope that made sense and... The last thing kind of might sound a little bit weird, like the ranking yourself on your interview, but I promise if you start doing this a few times, it will help your interviews and it will build your confidence because you'll start being able to know yourself better and even know how to interview a little bit better. And I hope that these tips helped you guys and they weren't, you know, too obvious, but uh, sometimes it's the obvious things that you need to be reminded of and so I hope that these are little good reminders for you guys. I know a lot of people are interviewing for jobs right now if you just graduated from college and I know that it can be a really tough time but just push through. Everybody, well I don't know of anyone that loves interviewing for jobs so you're you're not alone in this and it definitely took me after college, I think it took me three months to get a job Granted, it was during a pandemic, but that made it even even harder. But you're not alone in this. It definitely takes a while sometimes to get a job. So just stay strong if you are looking for a job right now. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please don't forget to rate it if you can and review. And I will talk to you guys in my next episode.